0: This is The Guardian. Hi, this is Guardian Australia Reads. I'm Jane Lee. Every week, we ask Guardian Australia's editors what their favourite articles are, and then we read them aloud for you. Once upon a time, no one would dream of swimming in our city's waterways, but recently, there's been a growing trend to take the plunge. Rosemary Bolger is Guardian Australia's assistant news editor.
1: Rosemary, tell me why you chose this story. I chose this article because I think, you know, Australia is famous for its beaches and, you know, I think a lot of us really are are proud of our relationship to the water, the coast, but that doesn't really seem to extend to our urban rivers and swimming spots there. So I really liked that Royce's story makes us think twice about that and he's writing it, you know after melbourne and sydney have been in lockdown for months and people have really got to know their local areas and you know explored more and found some of those spots so yeah i think now's the time to be really thinking about what are the other water spots that we should be exploring for lots of people there probably isn't a huge appeal in swimming in urban rivers i grew up in melbourne and the idea of Jumping into the Yarra River is is a nightmare. But other people, you know, are starting to discover that there are these new spots to explore and there's been some great work done to improve the quality of the water. Because unfortunately, you know, post-colonisation, there has been a a lot of pollution of these urban waterways. But now, you know, through some efforts to clean that up, there are spots that are, are now potentially great spots to swim and councils are trying to invest more in in those so I think we're going to see a lot more opportunities to go swimming much closer to home. I think I'm one of the people that needs to branch out and look a bit more local. I don't know if I'll quite get over my fear of jumping in the Yarra River though anytime soon. Let's hear it.
0: This is A Dip in the Yarra or A Dive in the Torrens? The Push for Urban River Bathing in Australia by Royce Kermelovs.
2: From the time he first felt the water around his ankles, when his family filled up their new pool, to his first tentative steps into Sydney Harbour, Pete Magna has always been swimming. The 47-year-old says the water is where he feels most free. He says, for me, getting in and being under the water is really calming. It's a beautiful thing in the harbour. You're not really bound by any walls of a pool. It just feels like you're more part of nature. As the pandemic brought restrictions on travel, Magnus says his family soon discovered Chiswick Baths a small netted splash area along the Parramatta River, along with a host of others. Magnus says it was weird going to a suburban park when it was like they were at the beach. People were there sunbaking. There were people in bikinis out. It feels like a mini-adventure. Finding somewhere to swim on your doorstep, it feels like you're exploring, which is pretty good for the kids to find fun just where they are. The baths are among a growing list of sites across Australia, helping to reconnect swimmers with urban rivers and driving the cleanup of polluted waterways, once thought permanently lost. Recent months have seen proposals from City of Sydney Lord Mayor Clover Moore for a floating pool in Sydney Harbour, a filtered pool in the Torrens in South Australia, and a sea-creature-friendly pool in East Fremantle, Western Australia. In Melbourne, talk of building a river pool on the banks of the Yarra began a decade ago, with the latest iteration of the design, including an artificial wetland. The city of Melbourne is now investigating the feasibility of a river pool as part of a $300 million plan to transform the north bank of the Yarra into a series of parks. In November... The New South Wales Minister for Planning and Public Spaces, Rob Stokes, pledged $50 million in part to help make the state's waterways clean enough for swimming. Stokes said, One of the lessons from the recent lockdown we really learned was that our parklands and opportunities to enjoy places to roam, places to swim or places to play are not spread equitably across the city. These proposals are a local variation on a global movement already underway in cities like Copenhagen, Portland, Berlin, New York, and Boston. One which Marco Amati, Associate Professor at RMIT's School of Global, Urban, and Social Studies, says represents a form of subversive environmental activism. Amati says... It's a way of getting people used to the idea that the river can be clean and swimmable again. When people don't have much contact with the river, people don't care so much whether it's polluted. If it's something people want to swim in, you have to make sure it's clean. Suggesting a dip in the torrents or a dive in the Yarra may be met with a look of horror or disgust today. But the cultural prejudice against river swimming is a relatively recent development among Australians. Colonial authorities might have sought to brutally alter rivers near large urban settlements from the point of colonisation. A waterfall near Queensbridge in Melbourne today was dynamited and the course of the Yarra straightened to prevent flooding. Yet people still maintained a connection with the waterways. Urban rivers remained a place to swim and play. The Yara itself was home to a world-famous three-mile swim race that began in 1913, at a time when swimming was considered an extreme sport. This connection would be severed with the advent of heavy industry and a growing population that meant rivers were seen as cheap and convenient ways to wash away waste. Today, the factories may have disappeared from most capital cities, but the toxic legacy of 30 years of manufacturing with no real environmental regulations remains. In 2005, up to 60 eels were found floating dead in the Yarra, while the Torrens, once home to the platypus, contained an astonishing level of heavy metal contamination. Even the stunning Sydney Harbour is itself home to several dead spots around stormwater and sewer outlets, with some patches still polluted from decades of industrial and commercial activity. Mark Drury is a councillor with the Inner West Council and chair of the Parramatta River Catchment Group, an alliance of nine local councils, three state government agencies, and a myriad of community groups who in 2008 took up the work of cleaning the river. Drury says, as our Aboriginal friends like to say, for 30,000 or so years before we came along, it was all really tickety-boo. To build support, they set a goal of making the river swimmable by 2025, an outcome unimaginable for many who remembered the factories that once operated in Homebush Bay, making petrol, batteries, pesticide, and paint. But Drury says breaking through the prejudice was an essential first step. He says, it plants the seed so people can imagine it. After that, the next step was to learn the scale of the challenge. Upon investigation, however, they quickly learned that the river had already begun to heal, allowing the councils to focus on speeding up the process. Since then, water quality in the Parramatta has significantly improved. Four river pools are open to the public, and there are plans for more as initial water quality tests show new areas to be safe. As this monitoring has improved, so has the reporting of water quality information to the public in order to allow them to swim safely. Though this is not currently published in a central location, an interactive map is under development. While there is more to be done, Jerome Laxell a councillor with Ride City Council, who previously served as a chair of Parramatta River Catchment Group, says the impact has already been felt. Laxol says, The river used to stink. It doesn't smell anymore. That's great. Laxol says houses in areas like Melrose Park were once built facing away from the water in a sign people had quite literally turned their backs on the river. That is now changing as people and wildlife, such as the critically endangered bar-tailed godwit, return to the banks of the river. Laxall says, it's also egalitarian. The river doesn't belong to anyone. It belongs to everyone. This whole process has turned everyone's attention to this amazing natural resource that has been used by people here for millennia. If industrialization drove people away from rivers last century, the new threat is urbanization. Ian Wright, a water scientist with the University of Western Sydney and a river swimmer himself, says cleaning up a river system is only half the battle. The next challenge is keeping it clean. Growing populations mean the residue of humanity, oil dripping from car engines, pet feces, Runoff from construction sites and farms, leaking sewer lines, all wash into stormwater systems which overflow untreated into rivers. Wright says, whatever the level of human activity, you can just about predict the impairment of water quality that will result. Fixing the problem means diverting these systems in the same way they were restructured in the 90s to protect swimmers, on Sydney beaches from sewage. But Wright says there are also still threats from holdout industrial operations in some areas. One example is the Bargo River, a tributary of Western Sydney's Nepean River that feeds the Mermaid Pool, a spectacular natural waterhole at Tamor Gorge, which is a favoured swimming spot for residents who live well away from the beach. Wright says... It looks beautiful until you test the water and see what's in it. A nearby 40-year-old underground coal mine that supplies high-quality coking coal to the Wyala Steelworks in South Australia and discharges 5.3 megaliters, roughly two Olympic swimming pools of water into the river each day. Wright says this water contains a complex cocktail of contaminants and on average makes up two-thirds of the floor of the river, though most who swim there would have no idea. This is why he believes that regular and detailed report on levels of contamination is important for public safety and a necessary step in building support for cleaning up river systems. Wright says, We only measure the things we care about. Rivers are beautiful to swim in, But it is a huge act of faith to jump into a river. And really, it shouldn't be faith. It should be driven by fact.
0: That was A Dip in the Yarra or a Dive in the Torrens? The Push for Urban River Bathing in Australia by Royce Kermelovs. The reader was Albert Mwangi. To see photos of swimmers taking a dip and to read the article, go to Guardian Australia's website. This episode was produced by Bethany Atkinson-Quinton, Alison Chan, Daniel Simo and Camilla Hannon. I'm Jane Lee. See you next time.